Welcome to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Monica Braz. Monica is the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives with BBB Serving Western Ontario. And later this morning, we'll bring you tips on some of the latest scams active in our area and across the country. Saving money or finding money is always something of interest. Later this morning, we talk to Pamela Batsold of KidSense Top Floor Boutique to learn how buying or selling consignment items work. And if you had to turn up the volume to hear us this morning, then our first guest has information that you might find interesting. We welcome Allison Fish, the office manager of St. Thomas Hearing Clinic, to Ask BBB this morning. Thanks for joining us, Allison. Thanks for having me today, Jim and Monica. Allison, as Jim just mentioned, sometimes we need to turn up the audio because we may not be aware that our hearing loss has changed. Is it, is it always obvious that we are maybe experiencing hearing loss or, you know, how, how aware are people that this is something that's changing for them? Right. Well, you know what? Hearing loss actually happens gradually over time, so it's not always obvious. And because it is a slow process, people with hearing loss may not notice it right away. Often it's the people around them who will notice the person may be misunderstanding conversations. They may often ask others to repeat themselves, or they may feel as though people are mumbling. They may want to avoid social situations altogether um, because they, they aren't aware that they have the hearing loss and they're not sure what's happening. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not always obvious. How, how often should a person have their hearing checked? Well, it doesn't hurt to have your hearing checked at any age to establish a baseline for your hearing. If you've never had a hearing check checkup before, we would recommend getting a hearing test at 50 years old unless you have concerns or experiencing difficulty before then. So if there is a loss, we would recommend an annual hearing test to monitor the loss. If everything is normal, we would recommend testing every two to five years. Yeah. Um, okay, so for those of us that are not 50 and older, you know, is there any benefit for us to think about maybe going and getting a test done and finding out what our baseline is now? Or is it something that we should just wait for, you know, until over 50? That's a great question. We've actually seen younger patients for hearing tests and they have established their baseline. We, one patient we had actually was in a car accident and when that individual went through their insurance company, we were able to prove that because of the accident, there was now a hearing loss and we wouldn't have been able to do that without the baseline results. So does it, how much does it cost to get an assessment done? You know, how long is that process and how long is that assessment kept on file? We actually don't charge for hearing tests at our clinic and the appointment length will vary depending on the age of the patient. If they have normal hearing, it could be very quick to get through that appointment, but it also depends on any questions and concerns that that patient may have. So we always set aside usually an hour for the initial hearing assessment. Again, the practitioner can go through any medical history and answer any questions pertinent to that patient's needs. And then for the, um, you know, like, do you, do you keep that assessment on there? like indefinitely or how long does that assessment stay? Yeah, we keep that assessment in their file um, as, as long as we are here. So we also 
typically would do a report to the family doctor, family physician, and send that along with the hearing test with the consent of the patient. And is this something that um, is covered by OHIP? Like how, is o, like how is OHIP involved in this process and even just purchasing some hearing aids? OHIP does not contribute to any hearing services. In Ontario, if you have a valid health card and require hearing aids due to hearing loss, the government will cover $500 per ear under the assisted device program. Uh, some insurance companies will contribute to the cost of hearing aids, but it's dependent on the person's plan. Does the okay. hearing impairment uh, dictate the type of hearing device that we, we need? Yeah, so there are many different types of hearing loss. Um, our hearing system is categorized into three parts. So we have an outer ear, middle ear, and inner ear. If there's an issue with the outer and middle ear, it would be considered a conductive hearing loss. So for example, if there's wax blocking your ear canal, we would consider this an issue in the outer ear, therefore a conductive loss. And this sort of hearing loss can easily be, easily be fixed by removing the earwax. Hearing loss due to age is considered damage to the inner ear, which cannot be repaired. So in that case, the practitioner should go over the results with the patient and recommend which hearing aid they think would work best for that person, depending on the type and severity of the hearing loss, depending on your lifestyle, your budget. There's a lot of different factors that go into a hearing aid selection. Allison, there's also been lots of changes in technology. So I know now sometimes um, phones can link to, uh, to their hearing aid devices to amplify the sound, or even many times they can link into frequencies in buildings. So how do people know if that's some of the features that they can include in their hearing aids so that it would help them maybe in their work environment or somewhere else? Absolutely. So there are um, many different types of technology available when it comes to hearing aids. So as the hearing practitioner, it's our due diligence to choose the appropriate type of hearing aid for that patient's hearing loss. Um, the selection not only depends on the hearing loss, but it depends on their lifestyle, their budget, the technology level they desire. Uh, someone with a more severe hearing loss will need a hearing aid with more power. Uh, some people will want Bluetooth connectivity. So we take a look at all the aspects and needs of that patient and recommend a hearing aid that will help with their overall quality of life. You mentioned that there is some coverage uh, per ear by OHIP or other medical plans. Well, what's the cost range then of hearing aids and what should we prepare for in terms of a budget to Typically, one would be looking at investing anywhere from $2,000 upwards to $5,000 for a pair of hearing aids. So in terms of hearing aids, it's obviously an investment. How long are, you know, how long do hearing aids last? Are they serviceable? What are some of, you know, because that relationship then would be important for somebody to have if this is something that needs to be maintained. Right. So each clinic can be different with warranties. Uh, our clinic, for example, has a three-year warranty and a one-year loss and damage warranty through the hearing aid manufacturers that we typically deal with. We service all hearing aids in our clinic. Uh, typically, hearing aid will last anywhere from five to six years. Here at our clinic, we see our patients a minimum of every six months to ensure we're cleaning and maintaining the hearing aids. Uh, we want to ensure they are working properly for that patient. We also teach our patients how to care for their hearing aids at home to ensure they're continually working well. 
When or if problems arise, we encourage all of our patients to give us a call. We would have our specialists take a look at their hearing aids. And in some cases, we can fix the hearing aid in the clinic. But for any internal electrical issues, we would simply just send that hearing aid back to the manufacturer for, for repair. Um, another thing we do here is test the patient's hearing annually so we can keep on top of any changes that person may have with their hearing just to make sure their hearing health continues as best as possible. Allison, you've given us some very useful information. We want to thank you very much for your time here this morning. Thank you so much for having us. Allison Fish is the office manager at St. Thomas Hearing Clinic. St. Thomas Hearing Clinic is an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating. Stay tuned to learn how people are saving money on things they need and making money on things they don't need. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with Monica Braz, who is the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives with BBB Serving Western Ontario. And we now welcome Pamela Batzolt, owner of Kit Sense and Top Floor Boutique, a consignment store that has been part of the London landscape since 1994. Welcome to Ask BBB, Pam. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. So, Pam, let's talk a little bit about um, your consignment store, um, Kit Sense. Uh, compare that to larger, well-known thrift stores and pawn shops, so that people can understand exactly what some of the you know differences are. Well, with a uh, Kit Sense boutique top floor. I like to think of us more of a high-end, the cream at the top of the milk, so to say. So we really don't support fast fashion. So we are very selective in our merchandise and we're looking for the best of the best. So we're looking more for the higher brand names. Whereas a lot of the thrift stores, they take anything in from, you know, Joe Fresh to Walmart to things that are even 10, 15 years old. So we're sort of more selective. So what should people know about the items that are appropriate for consignment at uh, Top Floor Boutique or KidSense? Yeah. Well, we always ask people to bring things that are in season. So right now we are accepting for back to school, your fall and winter. We look for clothes not older than two to three years and in clean, good condition, ready to go actually be placed onto the floor. And so when people then choose to leave their pieces of clothing um, on consignment, um, how does that process work? Do they set the price? Do you set the price? Um, you know, what's that experience like? Exactly. We all tend to sometimes with too much value or too little value on our clothing. So we have to set the price for consistency. I've been doing it for 26 and a half years. So we get to kind of see what people are wanting and willing to pay. Everyone likes a bargain. So basically we try about a third of retail price, aware though that things do go on sale on a regular basis. And what, what sort of share is there for uh, the consignee then? Well, we actually have a different approach than most consignment stores. So for an example, if you're calling around, you know, through Canada, the U.S., most places are only paying you about 30% now. Whereas if you buy it right out, like Plato's Closet, places like that, they really do not share the profit with you. It's just a quick way of turning over your clothes. With us, we want to build business. We're looking at reputation. So we're saying to our customers, the better stuff you bring us, the better condition, presentation, everything, we're willing to pay you between 35 and 50%. 
depending on certain factors. So it, the only exception would be when people bring us the really high-end couture, like Louis Vuitton or Chanel, we'll pay up to 90% for that. So our focus is really trying to help people in a safe environment resell their items. So I know you have, you know, there's two sections in there. One is also kids sense. So what sorts of items do you handle there related to children? Like, does that also include school uniforms? Because that could be something, you know, parents are looking for at this time of the year. Yes, it does include school uniforms. We do carry them all year round and we try, but only the high schools. We find that that seems to be what people are looking for the most. And we do everything for children as long as it meets safety codes. That's the most important thing. So we do not accept car seats or cribs, things like that. We are looking for even play pens, like not play, yeah, play pens. We make sure that they're all up to code. We make sure there's no holes in them, clean, good condition, that sort of thing. So on the other side of things, uh, top floor boutique, do you do estate settlements or, or downsizing? Yeah, absolutely. Wherever people are asking us, I've gone where we've just done small selective group of things that people have gathered for me from an estate to a complete house clean out. We our world has changed. We have people living not in the same city or even the same country as families anymore. So at times I am actually um, sort of initiated from an executor saying, we need to clean this house out. How can you help us? So however level of commitment they want us to put into the estate, we're willing to do that. I actually went through some training and have my CPPA, Canadian Personal Property Appraiser, so certificate. So I can actually go and, and help people put a price on things, whether maybe it should go to a different place because it's got a higher value, then I'm able to actually help them obtain on it. Okay, so there's a variety of items and um, people of all ages that you can support. So let's talk a little bit about timelines. Is there a limit to how long, you know, you hold on to an item for consignment or, you know, like when people go and, and bring their items there, what is, like, how long is that period of time? Well, we, that's a really, really complex question. Before COVID, it made a little more sense. After COVID has happened, and here we are in a completely different environment with less people we're allowing into the store, with things coming into the store that being quarantined first for 72 hours before they actually get the floor. If somebody tries something on, again, goes into quarantine again for another 72 hours, the timeline takes a lot longer to sell an article because it typically might not even be on the floor very long. So we've actually taken most limits off at this point in time. You know, within reason, we're trying our very best with a new online presence as well, trying to get it out there because some people still are not comfortable with shopping. What they want to do is curbside pickup. We're here to support them in any way we possibly can. An estate typically is a year to a year and a half. When you think of a house, you've got all seasons. With an estate, it takes a long time to get the articles even processed and put on the floor during the right season. From a shopper's point of view, um, how often does your inventory turn over? You've talked about time, uh, so some of those items might be there for a while. 
but uh, how often does the inventory turn over and would I want to be going back to either view them online or to the store to see what's new there? Well, every single day new things come in. Um, we have some people that visit the store three and four times a week. Um, in before COVID, we had three major clearances a year where the store would be completely transformed. Since COVID's happened, it's sort of our customers are changing things. It used to be that, you know, people were looking for those high end, you know, Jimmy Choo, you know, pumps. Well, who's getting all dressed up now? There's nowhere to go. So Lululemon has really, really increased in all athletic wear people are looking for. They're staying at home. They could be Zooming a meeting and they could just have a top on. We've seen that on TV. People have really gone casual and we're trying to change our store to what customers are looking for. Well, so what's the best way for us to get in touch with you? We're basically on still a little bit of a reduced hours. We're Monday to Friday, 10 to 5, Saturdays, 10 to 4. Our online is open 24-7, so that's actually really nice. Both, whatever your comfort level is. Pam, thanks very much for your time here this morning. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Pam Botsold is the owner of KidSense Top Floor Boutique. KidSense Top Floor Boutique is an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating. Online shopping has increased dramatically since the onset of the pandemic. We'll return with things to keep in mind so you don't get scammed. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with Monica Braz, who is the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives for BBB Serving Western Ontario. Well, Monica, we're doing more and more shopping online since the beginning of the pandemic. And although it's tapering off somewhat since the reopening as of July, online sales are up about 55%. And of course, online shopping comes with its own set of problems. This increase has actually resulted in a backlog of deliveries for both sending and returning packages. So there are some things to keep in mind before placing your order. So this is information that can be found on the BBB.org website, but let's just go over some of the main points that uh, they'll find if they go to that uh, site. Well, first off, check out and do some research on the business on the BBB.org directory. There's a good reason for this. Scammers and fraudsters are very good at creating lookalike websites of well-known brands and companies. They then will harvest your personal information before you realize you're on a fake site. So go to the BBB directory, read the reviews, because you may be alerted to some of those um, scammers that are doing that. When you do do a search, manually type in the name of the company into the search bar and consider buying products from a company that you have dealt with in the past. So one of the things about online shopping is that you're buying something without actually seeing it. and Sometimes it doesn't turn out to be what you expected from the photos you saw. That's true. So that's why we also suggest you review the merchant's return policy before you do make a purchase. It's even more important now because a lot of firms have changed their policy regarding returns to lessen the chance of spreading the virus. And of course, shipping could also be a concern. Ensure that you know what the estimated time for delivery is and what shipping options you can select from. So Monica, when it comes to paying for the item, this is one occasion where we usually pay for an item before we actually receive it. That's right. So BBB recommends using a credit card if possible when you're making a purchase and avoid using third-party payment providers or prepaid cards. 
credit card companies are more likely to give refunds if the item is stolen or lost or if there really is any issue with the product that you purchased. So with the increase of online shopping, I guess there's greater chance as well of packages going astray. Yes. So make sure you get a tracking number, verify it through the shipping company. And if you're dealing with a local company, you may want to even just consider curbside pickup or in-store pickup. If it's going to be a home delivery, once you know it'll arrive, keep a watch out for it or arrange for a neighbor to pick it up once it's left. Unfortunately, there are a lot of porch thieves. They're watching for your deliveries as well, and they're taking advantage of that. All good tips, Monica. And that's our time for this week. If you have a story about a business that has gone above and beyond during this unusual time, please send us an email or contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBBWesternONT. And if you have a guest suggestion or would like to become part of one of the largest business networks in North America, visit us online at BBB.org. And thanks for listening this morning. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Monica Bryce. Remember, ask BBB. And start with trust.